Um, all done, 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 done. Teachers teach teaching. Din, 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 din. Teachers teach teaching. Welcome to, I think this might be episode seven, but I'm bad at keeping track of that. So welcome. Uh, we are going to be talking about beginning and end of class routines and really focusing them with our theme of online learning. And so other thing I want you to think about if you are listening to this and your new year or semester is starting, this might feel like, okay, got it. I can really dig into this. Or if you are instead listening to this and you're in the middle of a semester, like, oh, geez, um, those are good ideas, but I didn't do any of those. One, give yourself grace and forgiveness. You're still figuring it out, making up as you go. And give yourself permission to go backwards. If there are, th are things that you're like, oh, I wish I would have done this and really set the stage for my students and this is how our, our classes were going to work, do it now um, and and start over. It is it is okay, and I think you'll find more success if you do that anyway. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk about um, starting class routines. So again, we're probably thinking a lot more about synchronous learning. Um, a lot of teachers are teaching through Zoom. Um, so when you think about uh, you know your beginning of class routines. We're thinking a lot about how that translates right back to the traditional classroom. So we're always looking for those similarities and then shifting them so that they make sense in an online format. So just like you would um, in your classroom, you're probably gonna have kids kind of trickling in. If you teach elementary school, they usually come in all in online, but it takes them a couple minutes to get settled. Um, so really capitalize on that time to um, engage with your students, greet them as they trickle into the Zoom room. Um, you know, some kids will really enjoy that. You might have a couple of uh, sort of like small talk conversation pieces in your back pocket uh, in case nobody's going to engage with you and it's just you saying hi to people and nobody responding. That's totally normal. Um, but yeah, you know, setting up that time for small talk with students to engage and build relationships um, in a casual way before you get started on the formal lesson is going to be um, a solid way to kick it off. Yeah, and I think remembering when you said, you know, some students might not engage with you, maybe none of them will engage with you. Uh, just that can feel a lot more awkward, I think, um, on a video call for some reason. But if you really think about when you're in the classroom, are all of your students, I mean, maybe more so if you teach elementary, but especially if you teach older, are all of your students eager to talk to you when they walk in the door? Like, no, they're trying to not make eye contact. Like, um, and so just keeping that in mind, it's fine. It's not that they hate you or hate your class just because they're not talking. That's just kind of the, that's just the nature of the beast. And um, so while it can feel a little awkward, also don't feel bad about it. Um, as you're going with that, giving, kind of bouncing off of that, giving time of helping students know when are you going to start? Because one, you're always going to have some students that are like, um, excuse me, class was supposed to start at, at 10. Like, what are we doing? They're going to be eager to get started while other students are, are trying to get situated. So just even helping them get in that pattern, I often say, hey, you know, I'm giving everybody like like three minutes. So we start three minutes after the hour, 
we all have different, our clocks aren't set exactly the same, like keeping in mind in school, you're dealing with like bells, you're dealing with, you're all much more in the same time structure. Um, when everybody's in their own home, we've all probably set our clocks slightly differently and just rolling with that. And, um, you know, giving them some time to get set up, you might start talking, knowing that you're going to have to repeat yourself. And I also like to, as students are coming in, mention their name, welcome them. Even if they start coming in after I'm talking, just being like, hey, welcome Johnny. This is all we did so far. Like, totally fine, glad you're here. Just like you would do in the classroom. I know that sometimes for me, it feels a little bit more awkward, but is really important. Yeah. Absolutely. And so if giving that extra couple of minutes feels like too much time and you feel like you're losing engagement, your class might be getting restless, you can certainly give um, a thoughtful question. You can give a do now. You can give a totally unrelated question, as we've talked a lot about in previous episodes. You can engage kids um, at any age by pulling away from the content. Um, it's going to let them feel more comfortable. Um, so that could even be, you know, um, here's, a, here's a picture of my pet. What do you think my pet's name is? How much do you think my pet weighs? Um, just something that's like silly, but will you know help them engage and kill a little bit of time um, before class starts. That's also going to give you a conversation piece if you're feeling a little awkward about um, you know trying to engage a bunch of black squares on your Zoom screen. Yeah, my students and I just recently had a bunch of conversations about plants and propagating because they can always see them uh, floating around me that got cameras turning on and suddenly people were like showing up and holding plants in front of their screen. Um, it took us off track far more than just a few minutes, Whatever. but also uh, that happens in the classroom too. Exactly. Also 100% fine. Um, because people were talking, having fun. And that's also a big part of, we don't learn from people that we don't like and respect very much. So uh, consider that an excellent use of your time. Indeed. Uh, another one is remembering to review expectations. So we've talked about visual cues before. Often in your classroom, you have rules, expectations, things like that hanging all over the place. Um, maybe you have that set up for your calls. Maybe you don't. Uh, I tend to show up like this or in some room in my house, but I also often have like a slide welcoming students that reminds them, uh, here are some of the expectations. Sometimes it has a question of like, here's what to start working on while we're waiting for everybody, but just making it really quick and easy, knowing you are most likely not their own only teacher. You probably all have slightly different expectations. That's a lot for students to keep track of. Just make them feel comfortable so that they're not sitting there trying to think about, oh shoot, like is this the teacher that likes us to use chat or is this the teacher that flips out if we use chat? Like just really quickly, obviously you don't have to go through every, every single thing, but what are the most important ones of like camera on, camera off, unmute yourself, use the, use the chat. Remember you have reactions. I will often even be just like, hey, can I get a thumbs up either reaction or turn your camera on and give me an actual thumbs up um, so that I know you can hear me. And I do that because, uh, you know, there have been a few times I've been teaching away and finally one brave student is like, hey, we see your lips moving, but we can't hear you. And so like that just like 
obviously is awkward and it's like how long are your students going to let you talk to yourself uh, just do that quick check and that's a really easy way to also be engaging with students like are they there do they hear you do they remember and even the fact when i'm like you can use a reaction or turn your camera on that'll get some like students to turn their camera on of like um now they have this like specific action. I can turn my camera around and give her a thumbs up and sometimes they'll turn it back off, but it's still like, oh, I got a quick little, quick little face. Yeah. Yeah. And so anything that we're doing here at the beginning of class, whether that's greeting our students, whether that's um, setting up a do now, you know, going over expectations, um, this is all setting the routine. Um, and just because we're not in the classroom, I mean, I think you can argue that routine is even more important when we lose all the structures um, and routines that are in the traditional in-person classroom, we have to create those in a virtual setting. So just going through the same steps each week, it makes it more predictable for your students, for students who are feeling anxious about online learning, it gives them kind of like a grounding place. So they know what they can expect, even if they don't know what content to expect, they know what they can expect every time they show up at the beginning and at the end. So yeah. let's talk about yes, we can. The most, the most traditional routine of all classrooms of all time is to take attendance. Um, and if we think all the way back to the beginning, it's the teacher shouting out each person's name and they say, here, present. I mean, yeah. let's, just bring, let's just bring it back. Let's just do that. That'll take about 25 minutes off your class. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just yell out every every single student's name and see if they respond. So I will say full unmute and <laughs> no planning needed. Um, I don't take attendance during my calls because I don't have to. However, yep. um, I know that you all are not luck that lucky to be able to make that decision. Um, and so we wanted to brainstorm some ways that might make it easier for you. Really the way that mine works is because they're also not required to attend live, um, is they attend, the call is recorded, goes into Google Classroom, and then they have to check off, they just have to check off. Um, and that, that check off is like, I've seen this, I understood it. And then there, sometimes I also hide like, extra credit opportunities, things like that in the call. Ooh, smart. That, um, they never know when it's coming. So they have to, they have to them. Um, and then check that they were there. But if you can't do that, if you really have to figure out how to like, were you alive in person on this call? And like, you know, the little boxes are always moving around to keep you on your toes. That's going to drive you crazy. Um, so one way is to drop a link into the chat that could just be a, a Google form that your students have to fill out. That could even be something that you're doing at the very beginning during that killing time phase of like, hey guys, the, the link for attendance is in the chat. That's part of your routine. They click on it, they fill it out. Um, maybe you make them do it at the beginning and the end. Maybe they don't know when it's coming. I would think about um, age of students. Um, yeah. you, you know your students' personalities, what, you know, what you have to do um, to actually do attendance and um, how much you're just trying to do attendance to say that you did it versus you are trying to actually make sure that students are there and um, 
engaged because of the importance of the learning, but we'll let you make that decision yourself. Um, you could have another student actually be in charge of taking attendance. I would think about, can you rotate that job some? Because that can take a little bit of time. Think about who are the students that always show up early. Like those would be a good, those would be good attendance takers. Um, or another way is having students submit an answer to a question and the question, the answer is some time revealed in the call. And it could be like, it could be a content specific question to sort of mm -hmm. check for their understanding, but it could also be totally random. Like I could be like, Hey guys, I just wanted you to know that tonight I'm having banana bread for dinner. And I love that for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's a good life choice. And so that could be the question that students have to answer. What is Mrs. Kane having for dinner on uh, December 22nd? And they would really need to have been at the call to come up with banana bread. I mean, unless they know me well, then they might actually be like, yes, <laughs> but um, make it fun. Yeah. And when it comes to attendance, I mean, this is like the, like if we think of, you know, sort of uh, levels of, of understanding, like what we're trying to actually teach students showing up doesn't even make it like, do we need them to show up? Yes. Is truancy an issue um, when you're teaching online? Yes. And is it necessary to take attendance? Schools probably think so. Um, but don't make yourself crazy over this. Don't make this some acrobatic thing that you're trying to, oh, you're going to screenshot and you're going to, you know, organize everybody by this, you're going to open up the participants, but like you got to teach. <laughs> and, and so if you focus, you know, to not derail us, but if you focus your energy less on taking attendance and give just a quick Google form, everybody fills out one thing done, that's going to log it for you. Focus less on taking attendance and focus more on making your content and your teaching enjoyable, fun, engaging, because then you're not going to have a problem with attendance. Um, you're going to have a lot more students that are, want to come to learn with you, even if you're learning through your computers. So. Yeah, I love that. I think thinking about like, why are, why are you teaching? What is your objective? And how do you connect attendance? Like, how do you connect to taking attendance to that? So it's more fun. So now we're going to talk about uh, end of class things. Now that we've figured out how to make attendance and see if our students are actually there. And so, um, we want to check for their understanding in some way. So a big part of the importance of synchronous learning is getting that feedback that we miss from being in the classroom. When we're in the classroom, we can we can see more like what students are really confused and lost and struggling. And so during our synchronous learning, we want to make sure we're checking for that understanding because once they're off on their own, it's really, really hard for us to do that. So think about um, what kind of questions you want to ask them. Can you have them respond in the chat? Do you want to have a poll come up and have them respond to that? Also keeping it really simple. Maybe you're asking some quick questions and getting them to do reactions because again, remembering just kind of the same thing with um, taking attendance, you're trying to get a really quick pulse on your entire class. So it can't be like, hey, could everyone write me a paragraph summary of what we talked about? I mean, you could, but that takes a lot longer to process. When I'm checking for understanding on a live class call, 
I want to catch if you don't understand it something while we're still actually live. So that, and so I'm also going to build that in many times throughout the call. Cause I want to catch if you're like, oh my gosh, you still have no idea how to finish your assignment for this week. I don't want us to hang up and then me read your paragraph and be like, and now I'm trying to like get you back onto the computer. So thinking about how those how it can be really simple so that you can address it as much as possible while students are still there and also where it feels safe for students to give you an actual answer because they feel like all of their classmates are um, staring at them. So it can also be, there can be parts where it's anonymous and you just need to know, do all of the students get this? Do most of the students get this? Um, and also knowing, just like you do in the classroom, if you're checking for understanding and you realize no one understands or you realize 50% of the class don't understand, what are you going to do about it? Um, and I say that because you often are still on some kind of schedule. It can't be like, okay, well, we just had our 45 minute class and 50% of you are still confused. So I'm gonna teach for another 45 minutes. Normally you can't do that. So I will even say to my students, hey, like based on this question that I just asked you, it looks like I have a timer going off now. And so <laughs> the time is up. And so that means class is over. Wasn't that just like perfect example? And then the bell rings and all the students- and Everybody leaves. And they're still confused. Um, so what I might tell them is I'm going to follow up. So stay tuned for by tomorrow, I'm going to post an additional video in Google Classroom that explains this farther. Or you know what, I'm gonna tweak the assignment instructions a little bit. I'll post when that's updated. I feel like you don't understand enough to, to let you loose, like kind of cueing them. I know I can't clear this up for you now. This is what I'm going to do. Because again, it really connects back to that idea of engagement. If we're, if they're like hanging up because the bell just rang and are like, well, thanks a lot, Miss Kane. It's clear that none of us know what the heck we're supposed to be doing and class is over. Do you think anyone's going to turn their assignments in? Sure. Well, and also with that, you know, as a person, like I'm, I'm very regimented and I know that a lot of our students are very regimented. So like the idea that something is going over time, if I have something else to do, like maybe I have another class that's starting. And if you're, you know, especially if your students are coming from all different classes, if you're teaching middle school, high school, like we aren't always afforded that luxury of like, hey, can everybody stick around for five more minutes? Um, so really thinking outside the box. So, okay, I didn't get it across in my synchronous teaching. How am I using asynchronous to support what I'm doing? Um, to double down on my checking for understanding because it didn't hit the mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think last thing we need to talk about is summarizing key points of a synchronous learning uh, lecture or lesson or whatever we need to call it. Especially if you are doing a long one. <laughs> So if you're teaching high school and you're working on a block schedule, or if you have one hour meetings once a week, there's a lot of content. So an outline at the end, like your outline should drive everything that you're doing. And at the end, you should be able to summarize that in like hmm, maybe a minute or less. Um, make sure it's engaging, make sure it's thoughtful. And that's going to help students you might get at that point. Also don't save it for the you know, 1059, I'm going to do my one minute outline before everybody dips at 1100. Like you have to give a little more time because as you're going through that outline, it might trigger something that they're like, 
oh, now I understand how that fits with something in the future. Or now I have a question that I didn't realize I had then, but now I have it. Um, so, you know, maybe reserve that last, you know, uh, I don't know, 5%, 10% of your meeting to go over that summary of what you've learned today. You can connect it to things you've learned previously. You can connect it to what you're learning next time. But again, that's a great time to check for understanding and see if any light bulbs went off um, as you're going through that summary. Yeah, because I will say um, students have no questions until like the last 30 seconds and then they all <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 40 seconds of questions. Wow, you guys have really been holding those in. They're like, it's just like, you know, that like, oh my gosh, we're out of time. Then suddenly they all want to ask. Um, sometimes we still just have to roll with it or I'm like, I can't get to all of them. I just start dropping them in the chat and I will come over and you know answer them there but yeah for sure as you're doing that summary allow more time because that's when students have that moment of like oh gosh she's for real leaving i need to ask a question now. <laughs> i have to ask my question right um and something super important is that you also want to provide a written summary after and this is going to serve two purposes it's going to allow students to go back to it so you can post it in your lms somewhere it also is going to be a written reminder of whatever is in this video. So as you get more and more and more content, as you're going through more lessons, if you're recording your lessons and a student misses a concept that you know you covered, you don't have to now watch 37 hours of Zoom meetings to find the time you talked about it. You're gonna have that summary that goes with this meeting and you'll be like, oh, cool, rewatch this one. Yep. And I would say like, I also like if I use slides or anything like that, I link the slides to it once so the students have it. And I always tell them, you know, you don't have to write down everything I'm saying. I'm going to give you the slides. I'm going to give you the recording. Um, but also that makes it easier for me of everything is right there together. And I'm not trying to think about, well, here's the recording and I use slides in that, but where, where did I put those slides? Just do yourself a favor and, uh, put it all together and give it all to the students. Yeah. Um, so as usual, we want you to take action. And so we want you to think about, have you created classroom routines for the online learning environment? And it's okay if the answer is no, because you have had to create like everything. And so um, that's part of the reason we wanted to talk about this because sometimes when we're so overwhelmed and there's so much new, we skip the really little, almost obvious things. Um, because we're like trying to, you're trying to figure out how to have 30 cameras working and all kinds of crazy things. And so now's the time to go back and say, okay, I have the basic tech stuff down. Did I actually skip over some of these other things that are really important to help students learn? And if your answer is no, or your answer is like, well, sort of, but I didn't put a lot of thought into it. What is at least one thing that we talked about in this episode that you want to introduce into your classroom? and write down, put it in your lesson plan. When are you gonna introduce it and how are you going to introduce it? Yeah, absolutely. So today we talked about, I'm gonna summarize here at the end of our podcast. Um, today we talked about um, routines for the beginning of class when you're trying to kill time before you start, um, setting expectations with those beginning of class routines, um, confirming that students can hear you going over expectations, uh, how to take attendance, and finally, how to close out um, a lesson with an end of class routine. Um, so just like we ask it every week, uh, subscribe, rate, review, 
uh, Teachers Teach Teaching, and we will see you next week to talk a little bit more about Teachers Teach Teaching. Bye, everybody.